Jermaine Tina Seglin from Christchurch, you have a story that all Kiwis who are about to have a baby should be aware of, and all Kiwis who care about one another should be horrified at. Tell us what's happened. When did you have your gorgeous little newborn baby? So my wife went in for planned induction on the 31st of May. Uh, our baby was born on the 1st of June at 6.30 at Christchurch Women's Hospital. Uh, he was... Uh, so we knew that he was going to be small, and we knew that there's a possibility that he might have uh, diabetes because my wife had uh, gestational diabetes. So we were expectant that he might go to the neonatal ward for just precautionary checks. Uh, so he was born at 6.30. At about 6.40, the neonatal nurses and, and the pediatrician came in. They had a look at him. He was he was looking fine. He was small, but he was he was doing all the things that a baby should be doing. Uh, at birth. And so they they left him in the room with mom and Michelle, and they said they'll come back later. So they came back at approximately an hour later, and they took him to the neonatal ward. Uh, I went along with them. They did his first... Uh, so as we went to the neonatal ward, they I, I don't wear a mask. So um, I never was asked for it in the maternity. And, uh, and, and a few times I did, I was asked during the day in the hospital, but I always just said, I have an exemption. Nobody asked me to produce it, and, and I was fine after that. And, so, and I don't want to pry into anybody else's medical history because until this era of COVID, we've never pried into each other's private medical conditions. But I can say this from my research, I know that you have a medical condition that makes it very difficult to wear a mask, and you don't have to explain to me what that is. It's enough that you say you have a valid exemption. That should be enough for all Kiwis who operate from a basis of respect. So you have a medical condition. You, it's very hard to wear a mask, and let's accept that and move on. So you were there without a mask, and what happened? So as we went to the neonatal ward, the neonatal nurse had asked me at the front, uh, do I have a mask? I, I, I said, I have an exemption. She, she didn't ask for me to see it or anything. She said, okay, and, and to let me go through. Uh, in the actual neonatal where they keep the babies, the other nurses there asked me for a mask as well. I said I have an exemption, and my midwife, uh, sorry, um, I said I had an exemption, and they accepted that, and they uh, just went on with their business. So they started explaining what was wrong uh, with the baby's blood sugar because they had just taken a blood sugar, and they said it was low, and they gave me what treatment they were going to do, and so that all that went very well. It went cordially, but there was no problem with me not having a mask and everybody else was wearing a mask in that ward. So uh, about maybe I spent about half an hour to 40 minutes there uh, with, with the baby. They showed me around in the in that area where he's going to be and uh, what they were going to do. And then I returned to my wife. Uh, she was had stitches during the... the she, had, she had a tear, so she needed stitches. And... Maybe a few hours later, around 10, 10.30, we both went back to neonatal. And we were both allowed. Again, there was a new sh shift of nurses. So the new nurses asked us whether we had mask exemptions. And we said yes, and they let us go through. And so we spent a few hours there, maybe four hours, without any uh, hassle at all. You know, we, we, were, we were treated like every other parent that came into the place. Yes. Um, so the next morning, I, uh, my wife was still in the hospital. She was still in the, so she went at about 8.30 to the neonatal ward with our midwife. And our midwife was aware of our medical exemptions. And they proceeded to tell her, 
at this time that she cannot go and see our son unless she wears a mask. Oh, no. So this was quite a surprise to her. But she she said, like, you know, she's, she doesn't mind wearing a mask because she didn't wear a mask during the pregnancy. And so she applied for an exemption during pregnancy. And so now that the baby's gone, she's she'll she's she'll she'll wear a mask. But she clearly told him that my husband has a, a medical history. He hasn't worn a mask since his last heart attack. And he and and it's, it's gonna be very difficult for him and he's gonna be coming later. So they said that's okay, they'll explain to me when I get there. In in the interim, she texted me and told me that this was gonna happen. They're gonna come and they're not gonna accept your exemption. This uh, is absolutely so- brutal. So we've got a mother of a newborn baby. She'll have breast milk coming in. She needs to hold her baby. Her, the, the little one needs more than anything else in the world to see the mother. This is, this is what's going on in our hospitals. The neonatal unit is part of upholding a ridiculous orange light rule from a government that is completely out of step with the rest of the world and saying, oh, everyone has to wear masks, when half the time people are in shops without any masks now. And this is what the neonatal ward was doing. And we do not have an out- outbreak of COVID in neonatal babies. We do not have that. So this is just, this now starts to look absolutely brutal by Christchurch Hospital. So was she very upset, Michelle, or was she managing to stay calm? Because I know one thing, a new, because a new mother does not need to get upset. That's very bad for mother and baby. Yes. What were you going to say, Jermaine? So she was a little upset, uh, but they did, at the main reception, they did let her go through because she said she had an exemption. Yes. They said that they had made a new rule that morning. So they, they oh. said they had a meeting that, that morning, and that morning they had decided that they're not going to accept any exemption. But they did let her go through because they said that one of the nurses can have a look at the exemption. And so she went through into the ward without any mask. She got to the where our baby was, and then the nurse stopped her and asked her for exemption. So she said, yes, she has an exemption. She took out an exemption and showed it to them. And they contemplated it. They took it back. I think they made a few phone calls. And then they came back and said, no, we're not accepting any exemptions. So there was a confusion on their part as well. Uh, But what we did notice that the nurses at the floor, well, she noticed that the nurses at the floor were different from the ones that they were last night. And they were very uh, apprehensive. And uh, their attitude towards her, because she showed mass exemption, was uh, quite hostile. You could see there was a different... Uh, attitude towards her just because she said she had a mask exemption. So anyway, she 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 put on a mask because she wasn't going to stay away from our child. So she put on a mask and she went there and they had explained to her that if she needed to breathe, that she should pull the mask down and breathe and 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 put it back up. So she went about there. I, was, I came two hours later. So in that two hours time, she had pulled it a few times and every time she pulled it down, somebody had asked her to pull it back up. Uh, one of the nurses said, God. So she, she didn't uh, react to it. Uh, when I came in, they were prepared because she had already told them that I have a medical history and uh, that I do not wear any mask at, at all in any circumstance. So at the front reception, they decided to give me a piece of letter that was saying that they made this decision. And I said, like, is it about the mask? And, I said, and, and they said, yes. I said, well, you know what? Uh, are you saying that I cannot go see my son because I do not have a mask on and they said yes and I said okay that's all I need to know I'll put the mask on because I'm going to see my son not because I uh, I don't need to read a piece of paper I said I just want to be clear I wanted to be clearly known that uh, you are preventing me from stopping uh, from seeing my son 
purely because I have a medical problem and I cannot wear a mask. And they, and so to that, they didn't say anything, but I went in, I put the mask on. I did, when I went, uh, I did request that I, uh, I have access to clean masks because I don't want to have, I want to change it regularly and I'll wash my face. And they said, yeah, that's fine. I can do that. And they also told me that I can't pull it down when I needed to and put it back. So I went in and I was there less than 10 minutes with my wife. And I pulled my mask down and somebody, and another nurse had come and told me, please pull it down. And they continued to do that periodically uh, from 10.30 to about 12.30, those two hours. At that time, we went for lunch, we came back, and we were, we were disappointed that they kept on telling us that, even though we, you know, we, we could see that they were openly treating us differently from other parents. My wife was in a wheelchair at the time, so she was still sitting in a wheelchair. No one had made it, another chair available to her or a breastfeeding chair, or no one had made it available that we could take our son. We didn't know the rules of, the, of that ward. We, didn't, we weren't introduced to where the toilets were or anything like that. Uh, but obviously, every other parent we could see was more comfortable. And obviously, they had a different relationship with, with the nurses there. And these nurses in that morning shift were really uh, and just anti-us. You know, for whatever reason, we were there. They were anti-us. And uh, so we went back at about, yeah, it was about 1.30. And, and it was after lunch. And I was adjusting my mask again. And this lady comes up to me, a nurse comes up to me and says, please, can you keep your mask up and stop pulling it down? And I said, excuse me, they told me in the front that I can pull it down because I have a legitimate medical exemption. I'm not wearing this mask because I want to. I'm wearing this mask because I have to because you, you, you guys have said I cannot see my son without wearing it. So I said, please, can you refrain from telling me to pull it up because I, keep, I do pull it up. If, if I wasn't pulling it up, you wouldn't have to come and tell me pull it up because it, you know, so you'd, so you'd be down all the time. So I, then she, she just said, uh, that's strange. I've never heard of that before. And so then I got upset and I had to explain my medical history. I had to explain that I have heart disease and I have get angina and all of these things. And to that's that, ludicrous that you have to explain like that. And then one of the other nurses just said out, blurted out, that's the most inconsiderate. That's inconsiderate. They're just being inconsiderate. So it's basically saying that my wife and I are being inconsiderate. At that oh point, I was getting I, I was getting quite frustrated, but I I just decided to ignore them. And a few minutes later, they handed us a headphones. And we had never been in that neonatal ward for longer than 24 hours. Well, we just got there. Our son was born the day before. And so they gave us his headphones, and we didn't know what the headphones were for. So we, so I, just, like, I, I just looked and I asked, what's it for? And they said, just put it on. We're doing our handover. So I said, okay, put the headphones on. Well, this is weird. So when he, they put those headphones on, and they've got this loud music playing, and, and I'm a Christian, and I, I listen to certain types of music, and I don't like to listen to other types of music. So I was quite, and when I listened, it was quite offensive music that I was playing. So I, I didn't put it on. He said, I took it off. And, I, and, and it was uncomfortable, and I, I was already upset, so I couldn't breathe properly. So I just pulled my mask down to breathe a little bit more. And obviously, they were getting, keep saying, put my mask on. And my wife at the time, she was also adjusting her mask, and she, pulled, uh, and she put the headphones on, she was adjusting her mask. And while she was doing this, someone said, please put your mask on. And then she took her headphones out to adjust it. And then they said, she's taking her headphones off. And then they, this lady comes up to us, one of the nurses, and said, I've been here since seven in the morning. I just want to go home. Can you please just put the mask on? And she said it quite aggressively. And we were like, totally confused. Because if your frustration of work should not be, you know. Um, it's not even an issue for you what time she arrived. 
It should not be put on the parents of a newborn baby. What is going on? And what and what happened then? So I left and I I left and I to call and complain. So I went to the front reception and I said, I need to speak to a manager. And Good. at that point, Good. they've given me a form again and they said, can you please read this form? I said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to read your form. And said, oh, did the nurse explain to you why you can't? I said, this is not an issue of whether I want to wear the mask or don't want to wear a mask. I want to speak to a manager because I'm being treated badly. And Good. so can you can you please get me a manager? Jermaine, can I just stop you? Can I just stop you there for a moment? At that point, each nurse that came up and was bullying, and if this happens to anybody else, I advise you to do this, very calmly get out a piece of paper and a pen from your bag and say, I would like your name and I would like your your nurse number or or your, you know, your your nurse identity if you've got something, because I will be going to the top of Christchurch Hospital with this. And if necessary, I'll take this all the way to the Ministry of Health. And I will go to the media on this because I'm feeling bullied by you nurses. You are ganging up and you are bullying. That's how I'm feeling. That's what I would advise. But I'm so glad to hear that you went out and asked for the manager. So what happened then? So they they did not send the manager over, but they had asked if I wanted to speak to the social worker. I said, if I can't speak to the manager, I'll speak to the social worker, but I want to see the manager. Everybody has the right to demand to speak to the manager and you hold your ground. Also grab, grab out your camera and say, I'd like you to say on camera that I'm not allowed to see the manager because that would go against the principles, the rules of the hospital. We are allowed to ask for the person in charge if those working on the front line are mishandling a situation. So they they refused that and they said, what a social worker. So so they didn't refuse it outrightly. They just said, the manager's not available. Do you want to see the social worker now? And so I, I said, okay, I'll see the social worker if you can if you can help me with the situation. But you know, so I I ended up going and speaking to the social worker in private and explaining to her what had happened. Uh, at that point, maybe we were ten to fifteen minutes in the conversation. She called in someone that I thought was a head nurse or a managing nurse because she said I'll get this nurse in. And this nurse came in, heard the same story, and then while we were going through this, my wife came out because while she was in there, she was also treated more badly. Uh, by those nurses so she came out and now she was in tears and she starts explaining to them what had happened in the in the last few minutes that when I came out and complained what what was uh, going on with her Jermaine were they bullying her about this mask so she remember she had to wear these headphones on so she put these headphones on and there was obviously music that she doesn't listen to as well there were swear words and profanity in it and she didn't want to so anyway she kept it on at the time that it was um um Everyone had finished. No one had told her to remove the headphones. In the meantime, she was she was at, at our child in the incubator, and she had put her hands in because she was she was calming him because she was crying. And no one obviously could hear because they were doing their handover thing. Everybody's got their headphones on except for the nurses, and nobody was looking after him. So she went and she was calming him down. And at that point, she looked around. She saw everybody without headphones. Everybody gone back to being normal, and nobody had told her take her headphones out. So she took it out. There was a nurse that was standing and doing it. And she, did, she didn't know what she was doing, but she asked her, can you help me take her out? Or can I take him out of the incubator? And she said, uh, can you do it yourself? And my wife said, I'm not comfortable doing it. I'm, I've got the wheelchair, I'm not standing very well. Can you help me? And she said, I'm busy at the moment. Uh, I'll, I'll come help you. So a few minutes went by and the lady kept on doing some paperwork. And then after that, she went and attended to other children and other, other parents, but it started ignoring my wife. So my wife realized, you know, 
this is not right because this person is obviously ignoring me for for whatever reason she's ignoring me and then so my wife turned to ask her something and before she asked something she said can you take the child's your child's temperature she said yes i can take my child's temperature so she took the temperature and then she proceeded to give her the temperature and when she told her the temperature the 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 nurse just looked at her like in you know in a very you know the degrading way and then my wife said you know is anyone going to help me and she said no, i'm 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 busy i'm so busy and so at that point my wife didn't uh, she already been frustrated with the whole day of telling the mask down and now the attitudes of the nurses you could see was openly hostile to us were weren't trying to help us in any situation and we could see them and she could see that they were being differently with other people that were compliant and wearing masks and things like that i just want to and, remind everybody listening that this is the mother of a newborn baby and when you are one day out from a birth your body is full of hormones it's very you need calm and love and support i thought of all our nurses the neonatal nurses we have in new zealand were among our most compassionate and these women sound absolutely brutal do you think do you think just at this stage i want to ask this question do you think it was motivated by racism or was it all about this covid insanity or was it a mixture of both jermaine i i i can't say it was racism because there were other families of color in the ward it was purely our position that we came in and we didn't wear masks so what we believe is that maybe some of the families had seen us the night before when we were there without any mask and 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 the hospital let us uh freely come in but the next day there was this particular group of nurses the first three in that shift in the morning that were very openly uh getting antagonistic every time we pulled out a mask mm. so every time we pulled it down for whatever reason we pulled it down they got upset with us and then when they did their handover obviously we couldn't hear what they were doing but they'd obviously had told the next group of nurses that this well we were i don't know what they said but it, we we got the impression that they gave them an idea that we were problem people that they needed to to you know Good. watch out for us because the next group after nurse there there was one particularly that was openly and that was the one ignoring my wife she was openly hostile to us so you know i'm just going to fast forward to our point i don't think it was racism i think it was purely covid related and purely the insanity of you know whether we disease carriers i think people are profiling us now since we don't wear masks they profile us as if we are anti vaxxers we don't know anything about our medical status but they profile us as inconsiderate or people that do not care about another person and this so, has this has all been manufactured and managed and manipulated from this labor government and the irony of it all jemaine is in the interests of you being caring by wearing your masks these nurses are being some of the least caring nursing staff i have ever heard stories about these are absolutely horrific stories of not caring and being brutal to a new mum So what happened then, Jermaine? So we we had given our story to the to the social worker and who we thought was the head nurse. So in the, in that time they said listen we'll fix it. They took us back into the ward. They got us this nursing chair. They put my wife on the nursing chair. They gave us our son. She allowed her to have some skin to skin. And uh what and they were explaining to us and they got the pediatrician to talk to us about how long and the pediatrician was very vague and how long our son could stay there. And she didn't she didn't give us any answer in fact i could summarize 
in her own words, she said, how long is a piece of string? You know, <laughs> and so we also wanted to know what was wrong with him and they, they, they weren't really giving us anything. So all those things aside, we were sitting there, they put, gave us this chair and now they were treating us, you know, very, the social worker and this head nurse were treating us like, you know, very differently from the other nurses. And so we appreciated that. But I think one of the things that, you know, got my frustration levels up even more was a few minutes later, while we were in this, they started passing around pieces of cake with a fork and giving it to everybody. And they came and asked us, would you like a piece of cake? And then everybody took their mask out and everybody was eating this cake. And I just oh, thought, I just spent six hours with everybody telling me to pull my mask up every five seconds. <laughs> and now you, everybody's eating a cake without any mask on. And it was just ridiculous. And so... It's insane. It's absolute insanity. What has happened to the critical thinking intelligence of Kiwis to behave like this? It's not about safety. It's not about health, that's for sure. It's not about kindness. It's about a sense of bullying people into a sort of submission, and that has come from the top in this ghastly government. I am so sorry. How did this all end up? How long did this go on for? How long was your little one in the neonatal unit? He was in there for 10 days, and I can honestly say it never got better. I mean, that, that, that 10 minutes or so, or half an hour or so, where we spent that time with our son is skin to skin. Shortly after that, when the, the social worker was gone, the head nurse was gone, the other nurse said, sorry, you know, it's time for him to sleep, took our child away and put him back in the incubator, which, was, which we didn't know wasn't allowed. Well, we could spend as much time as, we, as possible with him because he wasn't on any respiratory uh, help. He didn't, need, he didn't need any of those things. So, he, so in you fact, what she did You was, found that out subsequently, did you? Subsequently. Yeah, so uh, the, we, we continued to get bad treatment from the nurses the rest of that night. And, uh, and so I wrote a letter uh, basically um, stating that as the legal guardian of my child, uh, that I want to know all the names of the nurses taking Good. care of my child. Good. And I, I, I basically wanted to know what was their qualifications. I also wanted to know what was the, the standard operating procedure of check-in and all of these things, because, and I wanted them to give me information in writing so that I may consent by signature so that we have a record of it. I don't want anything because what we, what has happened is due to the animosity that these nurses had, we suspected that they weren't going to treat our son well because they weren't treating us well. So we just suspected if they, could, they couldn't treat the parents well, will they treat the son or our son well? And so That's I exactly up- what went through my mind, Jermaine. I think I would have taken that little one away from there. What a horrible, horrible group of human beings. They should be ashamed of themselves. So what happened then when you asked for all the names? So I, I wrote a letter, I sent it in, and they gave it to the manager. The manager was not pleasant. When she got the letter, she basically came out and was angry, openly hostile, openly loud, and saying, "You, I can't do this. And I said... I'm sorry. I'm, I've I've been, a, you know, I I'm I'm well aware of how contracts works. I'm well aware of your quality qualification framework. Please, if you do not understand what I'm asking, give it to your commercial lawyer and let them answer me. But I'm not I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to take, uh, you know, this abuse. You what you're doing is you're abusing me. If you're not prepared to read the letter, you're not prepared to give me those things. Give it to your commercial manager, and I will and we can proceed through other means. You know, um. I don't know um, about, she was hostile, didn't want to speak to me. And I said, that's fine. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you can't do any medical procedure on my child 
unless you give it to me in writing, unless I can confirm uh, the qualifications of the people that are working on me, and unless they are prepared to give me informed consent. If they're not prepared to give me informed consent, I'm not prepared to, to literal attaching. Um, yeah, so about an hour later, they did send the letter to a commercial manager and they came back and their attitude had changed in regard to speaking to me now, because now they were more open and they were basically trying to tell me that what I've asked for was an impossible thing because I'm asking for, even if they change his nappy, that I need to inform consent. And I said, well, it's not as impossible as they thought. I explained to them I used to be a quality manager and we explained to them that they have a quality control framework, that there's checklists that the nurses must follow daily. And all I need to do is have a look at the checklist and sign it off. That's all I need to do. And so I said, it's not as complicated as they think they are. And then I was able to ask them some questions on whether they had incident reports of us getting upset in there, whether they, whether they, they keep records of us pulling our masks down. And if that's so, how do they debrief their, their staff? I wanted to know records of whether they debrief their staff. How do they psych, uh, psychologically evaluate their staff to see whether they're in the right frame, frame, framework to come to work with, our, with children and to deal with parents? Like that woman who complained about being there from seven o'clock as if that was any of your business. Or why do they put headphones when they change over shifts? That is completely bizarre with loud, ugly music. It's, there are very many strange things. Yeah, and, and, uh, and a lot more strange things happen. I mean, 10 days we were there, we had found out that they had been negligent with my son's IV. They had given him doses that they shouldn't. And they probably, my, I, this is my opinion, I believe the negligence was because they were, didn't want to, weren't prepared to listen to us. They had, they had made up an opinion of who we are, our characters, because we didn't want to wear a mask. Because, so they had made up uh, an opinion because we had complained. In fact, it came out of one of the nurses' own mouths. She said, well, we don't have other parents going and complaining to our managers. And she, oh she just- goodness. So it, it, got, it got pretty bad in, in, to the point where at, I think, five days in, or six days in, I phoned the police. I phoned the police and I said, I want to take my son out of here and I do not know what to do because I believe that they are unjustifiably keeping him here and that I'm being hostilely treated by these nurses. No one's actually listening to me. Every time I complained to some manager, there was a different one all the time, that manager would tell me that the nurses were under extreme stress and they were under stream listening. And, I, and, and my rebuttal to that is, this is their profession. And if you all cannot manage their stress levels, they shouldn't be working. Exactly. Know, I've, been, I've been a senior manager and my staff's stress levels are important because they cannot relate to their customer in the right frame of mind if they cannot handle their own emotions. Absolutely. And so, uh, so um, I never got anywhere. And eventually, I, I, it was so stressful for my wife and I that we had to phone the police and and it was a dead end, but... Um, what, did the police respond in any way? Did they come? Did you get any help? No, they said they can't come. It's not their matter. It's not their jurisdiction. They did refer me to other means internally in the hospital that I could uh, go. And I did proceed, uh, proceed to, to go, up, uh, go into those streams, you know, to, to, to dead ends. You know, what I found out about Christ Christchurch Women's Hospital is that they have a lot of policies that they display, a lot of human rights things that they uphold, but they don't, when it comes to practice, they don't actually follow through. Mm. I could not find uh, a uh, patient advocate. I, I went down to receptions, I went to different floors, I could not find a uh, patient advocate. I could not find an ethics advisor. I could not find, I, I'd phoned through 
and it go through their internal HR, it'll go through to someone and says, we actually don't have a public uh, ethics advisor. We only have one internally for our staff. And I said, well, who, do you, who advises on ethics to the public? I could not find anybody who could explain informed consent to me. And they could not explain the process to me. Eventually, my first letter was responded to by a lawyer. Uh, and he gave me that everything is based on, on, on trust, which, which I understood. Uh, being a, I'm a contracts manager. Being a contracts manager, I understand how trust works. But trust only works till trust is upheld. If trust is broken, it's the contract's not void. I can ask for all my legal rights to confirm trust again. And so initially, when we went to the hospital, we had accepted on trust, on the principle of trust. But as soon as we found out that there was a mis, uh, misappropriation of power and a misappropriation of authority, when we found out that there was negligence, that was a break of trust. And so therefore, I was perfectly entitled to have a proper informed consent on any procedure happening. Now, I eventually got... Yeah, I eventually got through to some of the pediatricians who started writing up things and putting it into the notes. But it 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 it, it seemed far bigger than just the mask issue. I think the mask issue fueled fueled my uh, you know uh, you know curiosity into finding out how, what they were doing and whether they were doing it right because you know character is important. And if I felt that their character was was a uh, was inappropriate to the profession that they were doing, then I then then automatically I have this distrust. Automatically I have a fear of whether they are going to treat myself and my child uh, in the right manner. And because of that, I started investigating their procedures and I started looking at their nursing nursing manuals. I had a lot of time. My my son was there for 10 days. My wife was, you know, it was it was a difficult time, but we wanted to stay there. And so I did a lot of reading and we had found out that they had there are lots of things that they were just not doing. They were just not following their own procedures. Such as? Such as? For example, um, our child, was, though he was small, he was breastfeeding from the time he was born. So he had suckled for 40 minutes at birth. And periodically when we went to him in the first six hours or so, he had suckled again. Mm. Now, as a nursing mother, they, they do not produce milk immediately. So what my wife had done prior to birth was uh, uh, she had collected colostrum to feed him during the process. Yes. And so we were told by our midwife that we should get this into him as soon as possible. So we'd, we had asked them to contact us whenever he was awake to feed him. And if we, and if we could not get a hold of us to feed him the colostrum. That's brilliant because, because colostrum would make this little baby strong. It would make the, the cells grow much faster in his body. Really good idea. So they did not contact my wife to come down to breastfeed. And oh, they, did not, no. they did not administer the colostrum to him. The only times that they did was when I went there and I asked if they did, and then they'll give me some to give it to him. Um, that was the first thing. That is so upsetting, Jermaine. I, I have to ask here, how is Michelle managing? As somebody who was my first child, had a baby in neonatal care, and I found it very traumatizing. And, and I had good treatment and kind nurses. I still had some postnatal sort of trauma from that. How is she coping with Kiwi nurses who have gone out of their way to traumatize you two? It is just brutal. So my, my wife is, a, I'll just give you a little history. She's, we're both Christian. We're both strong in our faith. 
She's a master's in psychology. She's got a master's in psychology. She's got a postgraduate in tertiary education. She's a very sane, sound woman. And she's very strong and opinionated. Um, but this was really brutal. I mean, I've never seen her. Uh, it, 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 it really hurts me what they've done. You know, they've broken her spirit. They left her really helpless. She's still traumatized. When she talks about it now, in, initially, when we, we talk about how both our bodies would shake, and she still does that now. She can't think about it without going into fearful and, and shaking. And, and it's, and to it's, I don't know. that is heartbreaking, and all of that affects the baby, how the newborn mother is. Please tell Michelle that we Kiwis will all be as horrified as I am. Could you give me the list of names of those nurses who did this? Because at the very least, they should go underneath this interview as an acknowledgement and a chance for those nurses to rethink how utterly brutally they behaved towards the parents of a newborn baby. It is shameful beyond words. It is shameful what they did. How can Kiwis help you, Jermaine? What would you like Kiwis to do? Because I have the number of Christchurch hospital here for this it's 03364-0640 and you could uh you could say that you've been watching this interview you could send it to the hospital you could say you want to send them an email what's the email address to send to the manager of Christchurch hospital to note your horror as well if you're watching this interview and you feel as upset as I do hearing what Jermaine is saying how else could we help you and Michelle so I'm in the process of uh putting a, a formal complaint and uh, escalating it as high as I can. Um, so I, there, is, there is a few routes. Uh, I, I do believe that um, crisis women or any hospital have to uphold the standards that they apply. So if, they, if these are the standards that they say that we use and as a, as a patient or as a customer of their service, we accept that. And so they should uphold it. If they've declared it, they should uphold it. And I think one of the things that we found completely lacking is that the basic human rights, basic treatment, you know, it just went out the window because of ideologies. Because our ideologies were different from a few nurses. And I, I'll, I'll stress that not all of the nurses were that way. We, had, we did have some good nurses later on. It should be every single one. We shouldn't even need to have this conversation. This has been seeded in New Zealand by a bully prime minister. And those people with tendencies to bullies, to be bullies, have picked it up and embraced it. And we're going to put the names of those bullies under this interview. I want to end with, and I'd like to keep in touch as you escalate it. Please keep in touch with us, Jermaine. I want to end with your message to this prime minister. What would you say to Jacinda Ardern? about what she's done to this country that led to this situation with your little boy experiencing his parents in such stress? Um, the fear-mongering that this Labour government has done is, is done more damage than any virus could have ever done. Um, it's destroyed relationships, it's destroyed families, it's destroyed community. Uh, I've been affected by these mandates more than just what happened to my son. So I, I, I respect people who have, an idea, who have a fear for a disease or fear for, for their lives in that they might get sick. But I also think that you cannot defend your own life at the expense of somebody else's freedoms. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot force somebody uh, to, to, a, 
to your ideology. You cannot squeeze them into a box for the sake of defending your life. You know, if we did, if, if that was permissible, then so many atrocities in history, we must we must accept. You know, but now we, what what's happened with this Labour government is that they've just made us all fearful of each other. We don't we 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 don't think about each other yeah, as other human beings. We we think of them in terms of whether they're beneficial to me, and are they are they standing with me to fight this disease, or are they ignoring my um, comorbidities, or they are they ignoring my sensitivity? And it's 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 destroyed our culture. It's, I'm from South Africa. I was born at a time where uh, it was apartheid government, so I understand discrimination on the racial level. You know, I understand what it meant for the apartheid government to oppress my parents and my grandparents. And so coming here, it was refreshing seeing how multicultural New Zealand had become, you know, how uh, uh, easy people got along with each other and how relaxed the lifestyle was. And over the last two years, I've seen that being destroyed. I've been here for 11 years and the last three, I've seen it being destroyed. Kiwis are no longer relaxed the way they used to be. They no longer have that freedom of just being able to live life. It's gone. And so now everybody's hyper about something. On you know, uh, myself who who's a, who's a freedom lover who who, who who does not believe the COVID rhetoric. Uh, I I even see amongst the, my communities of people worried about what's next. What's this government going to do next? What 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 next are they going to put obstacle that we have to overcome? And that's that's just not the Kiwi way. That's just. Hi, Jermaine, we just lost the link and I wanted to capture your, your final thoughts there because what you are saying is so important for all Kiwis to hear. You came here to this country that welcomed you. You came from a country that had brutality. You were so happy to be in a country where there was such camaraderie and love for one another and genuine kindness. Then we have this woman who's told us to be kind while she's uh, promulgated policies that have created a brutality that we've never seen in New Zealand. And those who are naturally brutal within themselves have embraced that brutality and, and perpetrated that on others. And now here in this story, we hear of a young couple of a newborn baby at the time in life when a society is most meant to gather around a couple and offer love, kindness, gentle support, whatever you need, let's make it easy for you. So you transition into having this baby and this baby comes into the world in a way that is the most peaceful, the most amicable, the most loving possible. And instead you had the very antithesis of that. Here you are saying this was not the New Zealand you came to. It certainly, Jermaine, was not the New Zealand I grew up in. Are there any other thoughts? I'm horrified and I'm so sorry you both went through this, you and Michelle. But is there any other way that we can help you as Kiwis? I think... Uh... I think it's important that whoever's watching this, whoever hears this, um, that we, we consider that if we are silent, if we don't do anything about it, it's just going to get worse. We, we as a society have the power to change this. And so we have to think about our future, think about our children. Like my son being born now, I do not want him to grow up in a society where this is even conceived. It must be a, just a a black patch in our memory, in our history. And so that's that's what I think is important. I think whoever hears this uh, and uh, who's stirred in compassion is to act, you know, go go and do what is what you can, go to your, um, and I, 
I, I used to say go to your to your you know to your minister, your local your local <laughs> your local councillor. But uh, and I've done that for other issues, and but sometimes it seems like it's falling on deaf ears. But I think it's time that we 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 do make we re, we we must realize that the Labour government or any government serves the people. It does yes. not work the other way around. They are public servants, and as public servants, the public must make them accountable for what they do. And um, and so don't be silent. Just Absolutely. And I'd add one more thing. Let's remember that most Kiwis now have had Omicron, that when they had it, they've come out of that going, was that all it was? Was that all it was? It was a cold? It was a flu? Most of my friends have had three at the most five days. And then they've got out of bed and said, that wasn't what we were told. We were told 60,000 deaths by Sean Hendy, the head of Te Punaha Matatini, the PR propaganda spin department of this government. So Kiwis who are watching this saying, but we should all still be wearing masks. Why? We've all had it. We've nearly all had it. And it's a minor cold slash flu. So let's stop this nonsense and stop the mask wearing, stop the staying in orange. Most other countries are back to normal with the Queen's 70th year on the throne jubilee. There wasn't a mask in sight in London. Ask why. Why is this government keeping us in this horror, this ongoing horror? And Jermaine, I salute you for standing up and speaking your truth to help so many other Kiwis find the ability to stand up. Do you need financial help? Because we can put your account up at the end of this if you would like financial help to get legal representation to take this further. I I would like legal representation. Um, I, I, I've been doing it mostly on my own, just from yes. my personal background. Uh, but yes, I think it, uh, there's a time where I will need some advocacy and some assistance in you, that area. You could be a leading case in this area because how many other newborn parents have gone through a horror story like this? And besides which, I would I would add one thought. A little baby needs to look up at its parents un masked it is not good for babies to have their first view of their parents with masks on it is it is very detrimental what, what's happening in society now yeah um yeah there's a lot i mean every child has to see parents nurses everyone with masks around them they don't know facial impressions they can't see smiles you know the the, the ludicrousy of the the whole thing is we could not kiss our baby you know we couldn't kiss him on the forehead we couldn't we couldn't hold him and when I was getting upset, there was one incident where the managing nurse picked my baby up, put him to my head for me to kiss him with my mask on. And it made oh, no sense. No. It made no sense at all. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous because if the mask was supposed to prevent me putting any diseases, you just put his head to that mask. And it made no sense. And it just, it's just... It's ludicrous. <laughs> it's ludicrous. And for those nurses who are married to wearing masks, I'll tell you this, eight hours a day for two years, I spoke to a doctor the other day who said there's strong evidence in the lungs of autopsy patients overseas of nylon threads, micro nylon threads getting into lungs. And they are surmising that that's coming from your long-term mask wearing. So nurses, this is not good. This will weaken your lungs. Having carbon dioxide in your lungs all day, not fresh oxygen, will weaken your lungs. So I would say if you are advocates of health in these hospitals, advocate for the, for the masks to be thrown away from today. I would really love to get your account number and please, as many Kiwis as possible, put $5, $10 into this account 
So this man, Germain, and his wonderful wife who's gone through such suffering can seek legal advice to make sure that this hospital becomes a test case, Christchurch Hospital, so that this is never done to any other newborn, parents of a newborn around New Zealand again. Jermaine, thank you so much to, for talking to us today and please keep in touch, please. Thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate that. Thank you.